With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's another week and it's another week to talk about Dragons football. Welcome to the Red V Podcast, episode 108 coming at you tonight. Hope you're well, Dragons fans, wherever you are across uh, this great city or great state or great country of Australia, or maybe you're listening overseas, a big hello to wherever you are. A big thanks for tuning in to episode 108 of the Red V Podcast. It is a jam-packed podcast tonight. We're getting closer and closer to that round one fixture against the New Zealand Warriors in uh, on uh, March 12. We're going to be talking a little bit of NRLW, unfortunately, uh, some injury setbacks to one particular player in that Dragons setup. We've got an interview with Trey Barlow. He is the halfback for the SG Ball under 19 Illawarra Steelers side. We've got a host of Dragons news and updates to get through. We're also going to continue our position review. We're going to take a look at a, at a position that probably struggled, certainly in the second part of last season. We're going to look at the props. There's been plenty of uh, uh, talk about who are going to be the starting props for the Dragons in 2022 and plenty of new bodies and new faces coming into the Red V. Uh, Johnny and I are looking forward to dissecting that for you. And we'll answer your fans' corner questions as well. So plenty uh, to get through uh, in 60-plus minutes of a jam-packed Dragons footy and uh, looking forward to chatting with the man on the line at the moment, Johnny Pett, about everything St. George Illawarra. A very good afternoon to you. Johnny, how are you travelling on this uh, beautiful Tuesday afternoon, mate? Yeah, mate, all good. On the on the leg home from work and uh, yeah, days over, so off to footy training myself. And well, I won't do much at footy training. I'll just play <laughs> the whistle, but... Um, yeah, mate, day's over and look, All-Stars this week, we're nearly there, a few more sleeps, we get to see a bit of uh, live action on the TV, so really looking forward to a bit of football on the TV this weekend. Yeah, certainly makes it feel like Rugby League, uh, the Rugby League proper season is only uh, a little while away and it'd be nice to see, yes, yeah, some, uh, some of those quality uh, trial games leading into that 2022 season. As I mentioned just before, plenty of Dragons news and updates to get through, so let's not waste any more time, let's jump into your latest Dragons and news. Thank <laughs> you. 
Well, the news that's just been breaking before Johnny and I jumped onto the airwaves is that of Tyrell Sloan. He has been called into the Indigenous All-Stars squad. Alec Johnson has been uh, forced to uh, withdraw and pull out of that clash. The South Sydney uh, fullback and winger. Uh, so a, a really great opportunity for, for Ty- Tyrell Sloan, who is a very proud Indigenous man and getting to play the game in uh, in Sydney happening this Saturday uh, down there at, uh, I guess, the old Parramatta Stadium. Combank Stadium is what it's referred to uh, now. Should be a cracking uh, cracking day and cracking evening. I know they've got the, the women's game on there beforehand as, as well, Johnny. And as we mentioned last week, always exciting when you get to see your own players there, but especially someone like Tyrell Sloan that's so young and, and so exciting and hopefully the future of the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Yeah, look, it's a good pickup there for the Indigenous side. Tyrell Sloan getting selected today and Alex Johnson missing out. Um, but look, he's huge. And Tyrell Sloan had such a breakthrough season last year. He was he was the name that was on the, you know, on the lips of every football fan, not just St George Illawarra mm. fans. He sort of that name just absolutely rattled through the whole the whole of NRL. Um, and look, a, a, a great achievement for Tyrell to be recognised um, to go in this Indigenous side. Jack, you touched on him being a proud Indigenous. Um, person you know he, he grew up down the Illawarra he's come from that indigenous background and in through the, those housing units and stuff like that and um you know brought up with his grandma who he absolutely mm. adores and look it's going to be a, it's going to be a huge thing not just for Ty- Tyrell uh for his family but also also for the community down there that Tyrell's from I know that he's still got real strong ties to that ab- aboriginal community down there in the Illawarra so look I think he's going to get a huge following this week um from everyone, not just the um, the Aboriginal community and also uh, all the St George Illawarra Dragons fans, but I think this could be absolutely fantastic for Tyrell. It's just going to give him that next level of confidence. It's going to give him that extra boost. And for him to be around and train with some of these high-profile players that are selected in this Indigenous side and then play against some of these internationals that he will he will come up against, it, um, it's going to put Tyrell Sloan in good stead for the season. Uh, shifting gears a little bit uh, we've got those trial matches coming up in the not too distant future for the Dragons it's a week Sunday until we take on the Parramatta Eels out there at Combank Stadium and George Burgess is set to be I guess unleashed uh, for lack of a better term uh, for that game they're looking to play 20 minutes uh, for him in that trial against uh, Parramatta uh, Anthony Griffin talking to the media a couple of days ago said that uh, the hip the hip socket in terms of his recovery from injury is all is all good it's all it's just getting those muscles and tendons and ligaments all fired because uh, they haven't been used in, in such a long time because of the, the serious, uh, seriousness of the, the injury that George has picked up. But they're looking to, to play or, or at least get 20 minutes into him for that trial against Parramatta. And then we'll be hoping to maybe play another 20 minutes, maybe even a little bit more against the South Sydney Rabbitohs in the Charity Shield. So uh, that'll be one to keep an eye on. Certainly exciting to see uh, George Burgess get some footy under his belt in that clash against Parramatta. Uh, back to talking about the All-Stars. Jack Bird was uh, pull, pulled out of the All-Stars uh, during the week, a bit of a shame we don't get to see Jack in the flesh uh, play in that game at, at Parramatta on Saturday. Uh, but we're hearing that it's not injury-related. That's uh, that's the mail that we've been getting here at the Red V Podcast. So no one needs to worry uh, too much about that. And I guess staying on the topic of, of Jack Bird, Johnny, is uh, he was talking to, to Fox Sports a couple of days ago in a, a recent online publication and said um, that last year was, I guess, a bit of a difficult season for him in the fact that he didn't really care too much about how he played. He just wanted to get through uh, the, the matches and, and and get through unscathed without any serious injuries. I guess uh, he's not saying that he didn't care about the results of, of the side or didn't care how he was playing, but I guess that the main focus was him for for him uh, was trying to get through um, and, and ma- maintain that he didn't pick up any more injuries. He went on to say in that article that uh, he's close to signing a new deal with with the club. He said he was hoping to get it all sorted before round one, although he said he, he didn't see uh, that to be a likely outcome, but hopefully in the first few rounds of the season, we see him re-sign. So hopefully we, we get... We see a re-sign Jack Bird, but a bit of a revigorated Jack Bird as well. Someone that has had that one year under his belt and and maybe getting a bit more confidence, Johnny, in, I guess, his body having had so many serious injuries in the last two or three years prior to being picked up by the Dragons. Yeah, we talked about this last week and both you and myself were excited about seeing Jack Bird selected for this Indigenous side and be able to play in this All-Stars game. I think the more football we see out of Jack Bird, the better he's going to be. He's had such a disrupted last few seasons but mm. look Jack Bird's put his hand up and I think the Illawarra coaching staff have had a chat with Jack Bird and said you know let's 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 lay off this game this week let's get you through a proper preseason a full preseason which he hasn't had for a very long time 
and let's um, get your first taste of football in the trials. I think it's a good move from the Dragons and Jack Bird to just to hold him back that little bit because mm. I'd hate to see him run out in this Indigenous game, you know, that little bit underdone. They're only a month into training into the new year and, and, and a niggling injury could, could become a big injury. So I think it's a good call from Jack Bird and the Dragons. Um, on that re-signing news, Jack, he's a dead set moral to re-sign with the Dragons. Um, look, everyone's saying they want it done before round one. Jack Bird wants it done before round one. I don't think we will see it before round one, Jack. We, we don't see many many people sign up before the start of the year. I think Jack Bird's going to put in a few good games at the start of the year and um, we'll see him um, locked down for the next two to three seasons with the Dragons. Yeah, the positive news with Jack is he did say that he wasn't speaking to any other clubs. The only club he was talking to was the Dragons. So that makes you think there's a pretty high percentage that he's going to recommit to the Dragons and really enjoying life down the Illawarra. Obviously, as, as Johnny said before here on the podcast, he is a, a, he is an Illawarra boy from uh, the lovely uh, Berkeley. Vale region or Berkeley region of uh, the south coast of New South Wales down there near Unandera. So I'm um, uh, looking forward to seeing him have the red and white on for hopefully uh, a long time yet. So we go with uh, some potentially positive news to some really tragic news at the Dragons. Uh, you might have seen yesterday on social media, we were talking about it, that uh, Natasha Apuritakanen has unfortunately tore her ACL at training um, and will miss the entire NRLW season. Uh, she had come uh, down from the Brisbane Broncos. She's a, a Queensland representative and I know there was Lots of fans of the Dragons NRLW side that were really looking forward to seeing Natasha uh, play for the Red V. And she certainly was one of those experienced players, one of those wise heads that not only um, off the field, but also on the field would have really been able to guide some of those younger Dragons players around. So that's given, I guess, Jamie Sauer and his coaching staff a little bit of a headache. And I guess more so than anything else outside of football, we just send our um, yeah most sincere condolences to, to Natasha and hope that she's doing all right. Uh, different players take injuries uh, and, the, and the mentality and the uh, the mentalness of of injuries very very differently and 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 unfortunately this has struck down Natasha but hopefully uh, she can get through a rehab and hopefully we can see her at some stage potentially next year in the NRLW season when it it kicks off again and we hope that this isn't the end of her rugby league journey it would be a terrible way to go and and we just hope that the recovery um is is a successful one uh, for her and she can yeah get back up and around it is uh, certainly a big blow uh, to the Dragons for season 2022 with the NRLW of course uh, just around the corner. That wraps up all of our Dragons news and updates for this week, folks. If there's something we have missed or you want to talk to us about one of those items that we've mentioned in our Dragons news and updates, feel free to flick us an email at redvpodcast at gmail.com. Time for us to take our first break here on episode 108 of the Red V Podcast. And after that, we're going to continue our position review. We've worked our way all the way through to the big boppers, the props. It's uh, it certainly uh, was a bit of a sore point, I guess, for the Dragons last year, especially after the barbecue gate and Paul Vaughan moving on and some of the young guys uh, that are coming through that Dragon system. And we also have signed uh, some incredible talent as well. So looking forward to talking about who could potentially line up in jerseys 8 and 10 for the Red V in season 2022. That's coming up next here on the Red V Podcast. Welcome back to episode 108 of the Red V Podcast. Jack Clifton is my name. Uh, Johnny Pett is on the line talking everything St. George Illawarra along with me. Time for us to jump in and dive into our position review for this week. We did the halfback position last week and now we're on to the big boppers. I guess those men in the engine room, Johnny, that have uh, such a, a big say and uh, I guess a big part and a big say in, in what uh, teams can do attacking wise, but also defensive wise. And it certainly wasn't a position that I guess you would rave about uh, in regards to the Dragons for season 2021. There was some bright spots. There was some not so bright spots, but it's it's been a position that's been, uh, there's been a massive overhaul in in the off season uh, coming in uh, to this, uh, this Dragons squad is the likes of Francis Mola, a Queensland representative from the North Queensland Cowboys. Aaron Woods has jumped across from the Shire and come to, I guess, the St. Georgia and, uh, and Illawarra region to sign on with the Dragons. George Burgess, who has spoken about at length on this podcast in recent weeks, but uh, that, that, is just, I guess, the the, the littering or, or, or the additions to this Dragon side. You've already got uh, Blake Laurie, Jack DeBellin, who we seem to think that he's probably going to play more front row and more play in the middle than in the back row. And alongside that, you've got Josh McGuire, Josh Kerr, and Daniel Alvaro, and, and Josh Corrick, just to name a few of those those boys that could be lining up in the middle portion of the field for, for the Red V. Uh, do you like the, the signings and the overall talent that uh, Anthony Griffin's brought into the squad for the Dragons this season? Yeah, I think he's brought in that little bit of that that dad's army, that the older head again, um, you know, to steer the ship up front. It's a position that was probably talked about 
as contentiously as our five eight position last year, Jack. Mm. Um, those two positions, the six and our front row, were were the hot topics between Dragons fans. Um, last year, I you know, and he's been our leader for a few seasons. Is Paul Vaughan? He's been our, our go to man. He's been our grunt up the middle. He's been our leader. And then you know, uh, in comes the barbecue, and we all go left, right, and centre. We go our separate ways, and Paul Vaughan's now at the Bulldogs. So they, they need a replacement for Paul Vaughan, and they needed to to go out and buy that that older head, that, that bit of mongrel. And I think they've done that pretty reasonably well. I think the the signing of George Burgess is probably the one that I'm most excited about, to mm. be honest, Jack. Um, I just think if he can get back to some of that form from a few years ago, we're going to see a you know someone with a lot of mongrel, a bit of size, and someone that can lead the pack up front. Also bought in Aaron Woods where um, I was, you know, I, I thought it was an absolute waste of money when it, when it first happened, Jack. I think I spoke about that when we did sign him and I thought mm. there was better players around that we could get. But you look at what was available on the open market and what we could have bought for the money and um, Aaron Woods has sort of he's fitted in okay. And I think looking at Aaron Woods' stats and what he's done over the past few seasons, I'm starting to turn around and say mm. it's not that bad of a buy. Um, we do need that big body, that big presence in the middle of the field and I think that's what he'll provide. And I don't think he's you on too on- much coin either, Johnny. No, no, he's on a bottom end deal. So we've, we've we've actually shopped out pretty well between Burgess and him in two front rowers that could potentially be in our starting side or, or come off the bench. The the excitement machine this year, I think, is going to be Francis Molo, Jack. Um, mm. He comes with big raps. We've seen what he, he's done up North Queensland. We've seen him um, grace the representative field, and I'm really looking forward to see what he can do for the Dragons this season. We, we turn to Jack DeBellin, who, um, you know, he's a 13 that can also play up front. I think we're going to see more of him play up front this season. Um, he will be there about either coming off the bench or in that starting side. And then we go down the packing order a little bit to guys like Blake Laurie, who was probably our, our second best front rower last year, and he's going to really struggle to get a start in Guernsey with the names we've just talked about. Um, I'm really hoping for Blake Laurie that this can be his year. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and I think that he can start this season and be our leader for the next few seasons. But it's going to have to be done from round one for Blake Laurie. Uh, move on to someone like Josh Maguire and then down to Daniel Alvaro, who I can potentially see them not playing much NRL this year, Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's where I'm sitting with this starting site with, with, with our front rowers. And then you throw in Josh Corrick, who's, who's the up-and-comer. Um, he might have to bide his time, but I'd like to see him get a shot somewhere in 2022 in this Dragon side. For me, the start inside this year, Jack, because I'm going to start with Francis Molo and George Burgess, to be honest. Yeah. Um, George, George Burgess, the contentious one, see how he gets through the trials. But uh, I think coming off the bench with two big boppers, you're going to have to have Aaron Woods and then you're going to have to probably have JDB somewhere there as well. Last season, there was a serious lack of depth. You could probably say over the whole Dragon squad, Johnny, but especially in the front row. The squad now looks a lot stronger with a lot more bodies and a lot more different faces and some young guys that are coming up as we spoke about Josh Corrick just before. You could potentially, I know you've spoken about Josh Maguire just then, but you could potentially see players like Danny Alvaro and, and even Josh Kerr, um, and we'll talk about Toro Fumiono next week in the back row um, position review, playing reserve grade when you think that, yeah, you could have a Jack DeBellin and Aaron Woods potentially coming off the bench if if you are going to start with with Frankie Molo and George Burgess and, and Jack Bird is going to slot into that 13 position like they've, they've alluded to, the Dragons. There's going to be a, a lot of extra depth and, and that reserve grade side is going to be chock full of a, a few NRL players. Yeah, look, I, I, I can see our bench really being someone like Moses Mbai or Jaden Sullivan, two props and someone like Tarek Sims uh, or, or, or JDB there. Uh, so the reserve grade side is going to be quite strong, and it's something that we really lacked um, the last few seasons, especially when we needed guys to step up at certain times. And you look at that tail end of last year, I think that the depth that the Dragons have got in that forward pack, and especially in the front row, uh, they've done well there. And I think they've done it at a, at a bit of a bargain price, Jack, with the likes of Burgess and, and Aaron Woods. So, Johnny, the players that we have at our disposal, the, the guys that are already at the club, the new signings that have been made, in your opinion, do you think they have that ability to play the style that's needed in this fast tempo pace of the, the current day NRL with all the rule changes that have happened over the last couple of years? Yeah, I think we do. I think they've, um, they've selected those front rowers pr- pretty well, like the additions, as I said, of Burgess and Woods and Molo. I think there's a good little bit of versatility there. I mean, you've got big, 
big Georgie Burgess who's just going to put the pigskin under his arm and go forward. Mm. Molo's a bit of a wrecking ball. And then you've got Aaron Woods who, who's got a lot of bit of go forward, but he can get that arm free and really give mm. a, a short ball. And, and he sort of you, you tend to see him get a lot of offloads, and that'll really benefit someone like Tyrell Sloan sniffing up the middle of the ruck. So I think they've done it pretty well. And then Jack DeBellin, um, you know, he's still got fresh legs. He hasn't played a lot of football. I think he's going to have a huge year this season. Uh, and then we've got the likes that can come on the field and if they do get selected in Josh Maguire and Daniel Alvaro. But, look, I'm really thinking guys like Josh Maguire, Daniel Alvaro and even Josh Kerr, they're going to see very limited NRL this season. I mm. think the, the the core group of that Daniel El, the sorry, the core group of Francis Molo, Woodsy, Big Georgie Burgess – uh, and Blake Laurie, I think that's going to be your, your core group of front rowers for this season. Johnny, looking back and, and seeing what we can learn from that 2021 season, in your opinion, what uh, did our props not do so well last year that, that needs to change this year, even if that is that, that, that is some, some fresh face and fresh bodies, guys that weren't involved last year, what do they need to do better this year for the Dragons to be successful? Oh, look, I, I think and we, we did talk about it a fair bit, Jack, and it was a, an overall team thing, not just in the middle of the field, was the fitness levels of the guys. I think that needed that needs to improve this season. Uh, but, but also the depth. We didn't have the depth last year. I mean, we were playing Josh Kerr, uh, either a front row or a back row, and played a lot of guys out of position, and it really um, changed the dynamics of the team. I think we've got this season um, some really specialised front rowers that are just going to play front row. Mm. I don't see our front rowers playing in the back row or coming in and filling spots. So I think we've got guys in specialist positions that are going to stay there for the whole season that's going to benefit the rest of the side. If the front row plays to their ability, uh, Johnny, and, and has some good games throughout the season, do you think, in your opinion, that, that lays the platform for a successful season for the Red V? Look, they, they have to because... Uh, this young spine that we've got, they're going to be absolutely no good un- unless our forwards are going forward. Um, it, it's, a, it's a simple rule in rugby league that a good halfback can't play off the back of a terrible forward pack. Mm. So it's going to have to be led up front. And if if, if Ben Hunt and, and Bud want to get on there and, and Junior Ramone, they want to play that free-lib style of football where we're, we're going to see it eventually throughout the season. It's going to have to come off the back of a dominant display from our forwards. And if our forwards aren't dominant, it's really going to hamper our, our spine, which is, that is going to be the calculus of us winning a lot of games this season. Yeah, I think Johnny Petty is exactly right. The, uh, the forward pack has certainly struggled in recent years, especially the props. Let's hope that those new faces and a little bit of fresh blood in, into the Dragons camp might just be the impetus that's needed for that, them to really stand up and lay a platform and yeah we get to see some of those young kids and some of those other great players in the Dragons backline run right and uh, score some uh, great tries in season 2022. That wraps up our position review for this week. Next week we're going to have a look at the second row forward so we'll do second row forward and lock uh, week by week but looking at the second row forwards a lot of depth in that uh, that position with some new faces coming in. Jaden Sewer obviously the uh, the real excitement machine that's coming uh, to the Dragons but Tarek Sims, Jack Bird what will their roles be in season 2022. Johnny and I will dissect that and do a deep dive uh, into the second row forwards for the Red V next week on the Red V podcast. We're going to take another short little break here on the Red V podcast. On the other side of that, Johnny and I are going to wrap up the junior rep results from the weekend. It was exciting football. Live football was finally back uh, across uh, the greater Sydney region and uh, for Illawarra and St George there was uh, some good results over the weekend with uh, the, uh, the club going four out of five in the five matches they played across all the different competitions. So we'll wrap up that and also take a quick look into what round two is going to reveal for the St. George, Harold Matthews and SG Ball side, but also the Illawarra sides as well here on the Red V Podcast. Hi, I'm Ben Cray and you're listening to the Red V Podcast with Jack and Johnny. Let's talk some junior rep footy now here on the Red V Podcast. Exciting time of the year to have some live football back and very exciting to have some of the, the young kids running around that, uh, uh, I guess, for uh, lack of a better term, are going to be the future of the club uh, in the, the next few years. Uh, we're going to dive in and take a look at some of the results so the results that happened um, over the weekend. It was the opening round of the junior rep season, uh, Johnny, and it, it kicked off for the Steelers at, at, um, at uh, Shark Park or Points Bet Stadium. I know you were out there, mate. It's a little bit sacrilegious but one of your cousins that was actually playing in the, the Sharks junior, junior rep sides. What did, you, what did you make, especially of that, that Harold Matthews side, um, uh, the Steelers? Unfortunately, didn't get off to the greatest of starts and end up going down by 30 points to 10 against Cronulla in that, uh, I guess, the first of, of three games out there at Shark Park. 
Yeah, I was, I was a little bit torn going up to the game. Yeah, actually, telling Jack, me, mate. I had, my, had my little cousin playing for the Sharks, and then I, I had a lot of lot of kids that I, I know through that Steelers system. A few boys that I coached in the last few seasons there at Thoreau playing for the Steelers. But yeah, look, it was a good game of football. But uh, look, the Sharks blew them off the paddock really in that Harold Matthews side. Uh, they were just a, a much more physical side. Their, their their edges were absolutely outstanding there for the Sharks. And uh, look, the Steelers played well in patches, but I, I just think they needed that run. Um, the, the, the Steelers didn't take that form from the trial against the Roosters there the other week down at uh, Shell Harbour into this game. But um, I, I'm sure going into the game this week, they'll be much more tuned up. Uh, look, James Walsh, I thought, was good for the Steelers. He's a he's a very, very good football player. Uh, he played out in the centres there for the Steelers, Harold Matthews side. He's he seen limit, limited ball, but when he did, um, you could see that he's got a huge motor. Defensively, he was sound. Uh, Jai Duncan, a few good carries up the mm. middle of the field, but... Look, all, all of those Steelers boys, they didn't get to play to their potential in my mind. They just come up against a, a red-hot Cronulla side that really dominated them. But, uh, look, there's a couple of good kids. Clay, Clay Baldock there at fullback, I thought he had some some really good touches. And they've got a couple of really speedy wingers, the, the Steelers, because you could see the halves just really wanted to shovel the ball out to them very, very quickly. So that would be something to watch this week if, um, you know, they, they do get a bit of fresh air, some of these uh, outside backs for the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers were able to right their wrongs in uh, the next match in the SG Ball competition. A 28 points, a 16 win for the, the Steelers. We'll talk about this a little bit more in depth uh, with uh, my chat with Trey Barlow coming up next here on the Red V podcast. But it was a, a, a day, I guess, for centre Jack Bostock. We, uh, we've uh, chatted a, a little bit about uh, Jack, a really strong outside back. He's uh, really good at carrying the ball forward and, and a really solid defender. But he scored three tries in the 34th, 56th and 61st minute while Ethan Cliff and Dylan Egan, the back rower, also crossed over in that uh, 28 points to 16 win. Uh, the Sharks scored a late try um, uh, with uh, only a minute left on the clock to add some respectability to uh, to the score there. Johnny, uh, this is a, a good steal aside. I don't want to disrespect the lads in the side. It's certainly not the the best deal aside we've seen because I think in recent years, having the likes of Jaden Sullivan and Tyrell Sloan and Junior Ramone playing have, have certainly bolstered those uh, those the, those stocks. But it was a really good performance by uh, the whole side. Trey Barlow was involved with a, with a couple of tries. The, uh, the the young hooker from New Zealand, Nevaeh Doyle, um, had a pretty solid game in the hooker role and kicked a few goals. And then you've got the uh, the, the likes of Ryan Couchman, who I know, uh, Corey Hammer, who's a good friend of the podcast, did uh, a really good report on winning news of them last year. They've been signed long-term to the to the Dragons. Uh, Jareem Lonarima is another real big bopper. He's a prop, but he was playing in the, the back row on the weekend. Of course, you've got Travis Barrett Hancock, who uh, we spoke to on the podcast last week, the, the captain of Lock 4 that's got a really big engine and a, a real workhorse in that middle of the park. It was, a, it was a pretty efficient performance, especially in the second half by the Steelers, wasn't it? Yeah, look, I, I stayed around until about half-time watched this game. There's a, a couple of really good players in that side. And you talk about the big names that have been in this SG ball side the last few seasons. Well, we heard all about them, and now it's these guys' turn to, to take that mantle. And guys like Josh Bostock and players like that, Ryan and Toby Couchman, you talked about Trey Barlow. Uh, there's also a winger in this side. He's, a, he's actually a centre. He's playing a year up. His last name's Takiri. He's a, he's a, he's a Kiwi, and, geez, he can play football. Jack um, uh, I, I, the, his first name's absolutely got me at the moment, probably because I can't pronounce it. But uh, look, he, he can really play football. I think he's an exciting centre slash winger. But they have got a lot of talent in this side that will go on. And they'll be there at the pointy end of the season, this SG ball side for the, for the Steelers. Um, look, they've got a couple of Australian schoolboys in this side. And if it's steered around by Trey Barlow, and you'll have a chat with him very shortly, Jack. And um, look, they've got a, a big season ahead of them, this Steelers outfit. Yeah, T. Yurimariki Haramiya Takiri, if you want to that, try and say yeah, that, that a few times. No, no wonder Johnny him. couldn't remember him. it, but um, yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> I watched him play for uh, colleagues about two years ago down in the, down in the local comp, and he was playing a year above. And um, someone pointed me pointed him out to me, and I, I stood and took note of and watched the game, and uh, he, he was a wrecking ball. An yeah. absolute wrecking ball. Yeah, really good performance there uh, by the Steelers, winning by 28 points to 16. Uh, in the other competition uh, that was uh, that has been uh, running, it's the Women's Harvey Norman Tarshagal Cup. So both St. George and Illawarra played um, in that competition on the weekend. The St. George, Harold Matthews and SG Ball sides, they had a bye, but they'll be in action this weekend down uh, in the nation's capital. For Illawarra, a 36 points to 22 win against the Canberra Raiders. It was uh, Salma Noir, the, the dummy half, that had a really good performance. She scored a hat-trick. I thought she was really good at a dummy half as 
as well. Had some made some really incisive runs. Uh, a hat trick for her. Were also tries to Lily O'Day, um, a double to Jordan Preston, who scored in the seventh and nineteenth, and Annabelle McDonald. Uh, a really efficient performance there. Fourteen ten at halftime to the Steelers, but they ran away with it uh, in the second period. And elsewhere in that that competition, there was also the St George Dragons, the the reigning premiers, and they got another one over the Sharkies. Uh, the Sharks couldn't seem to, to get anything right, losing uh, in the uh, the SG Ball competition against the Steelers. They also lost in the uh, Harvey Norman Tashigal Cup against St George. Uh, the Dragons winning twenty six points to ten. Courageous Afoa scored a try. She was a real standout um, uh, for for the Dragon side, and uh, there was five try scorers in all, and a, a pretty comprehensive win uh, in the end. Eighteen nil at halftime, and the Dragons uh, doing enough to fend off the Sharks in the second half, who were able to score a couple of tries, but never really um, were, were threatening the Dragons of, of taking out those two competition points there. Alongside the Harvey Norman Tashgal Cup and the SG Ball and Matthews Cup is a couple of regional competitions that I know fans were asking on social media over the weekend. Uh, they are both the Andrew Johns Cup, which is the under-16 regional representative competition, and also the Laurie Daly Cup, which is the under-18 competition. Because the uh, the Illawarra is deemed part, of, I guess, part of that regional competition, the Illawarra South Coast, uh, sorry, Illawarra South Coast Dragons are included in in that competition, and uh, they start the season off in in good fashion. They won 32 points to 10 against the Western Rams. They play their go their games down at uh, the wonderful Ron Costello Oval down there at Shell Harbour. So uh, both the under 16s and under 18 sides had uh, good victories uh, there. Eamon Fitzgibbon and Harry Willio, two of the, the standouts in uh, in that game for uh, the uh, Andrew Johns Cup side. They ran in seven tries to two, winning by 32 points to 10 in that fixture. And then jumping across to the Laurie Daly Cup, uh, which is the under 18s version of that representative competition. It was the Dragons that uh, did enough to fend off the Western Rams in that clash, uh, 28 to 16 with uh, Kyle McCarthy bagging a double, uh, Jack Pissarelli, um, Ashton Ward, and also Kyan uh, Jalterson that are all scored. And Keenan Clough, who uh, we spoke to on the podcast last year, Johnny, uh, playing in, in, in that competition. And, and he, he put in a pretty solid performance, kicked four goals, Keenan, and um, and was, I guess, a really organising feature of, of that victory um, with, the, with the boys getting up 28-16. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a good concept, this Andrew Johns and Laurie Daly Cup. And the, the, the Andrew Johns side, the under-16s, most of these guys will step up into Harold Matthews this year. Uh, last year, the bulk of the Harold Matthews side for the Steelers were competing in this Andrew Johns side, and they were very good. I think they ended up getting beaten in the grand final. And a lot of those players, the likes of Jai Duncan and James Walsh and players like that, were selected in the countryside. So it's a good little breeding ground and stepping stone for some of these players in the representative football. The Andrew Johns side for the Steelers, they've got a couple of outstanding players. You touched on Kyan and Clough. We spoke to him last year. Um, look, he's, he must have hit the weights in the off-season because he looks like he's put on a couple of kegs mm. up the top. And the shot that he put on um, on the weekend, I think it's gone viral on YouTube. It was actually a smacker of a shot. So, mm. um, look, yeah, it's a, good, it's a good start for that Steelers in both or the Illawarra South Coast Dragons in um, Andrew Johns and Laurie Daly. Uh, quickly, as we wrap up our junior rep wrap, we are going to take a look at what the team lists uh, that have just been announced for the squads for round two. Uh, for the St. George Dragons, they're up against the Canberra Raiders in the Harold Matthews Cup, which is the under-17 competition. Won't go through the whole uh, team list of the St. George side, but certainly keep an, uh, an eye out for the number 10 for the St. George Dragons, Corey Akers. He's a really hardworking lad. He's a big boy in the middle of the park, makes some really good runs, and he's a hard hitter in defence and, and also uh, the, the lock Ford Finnell Latu in Jersey 13. We won to keep an eye on there. So 12.30 kickoff uh, down there at Belconnen Oval at Canberra where Canberra play their junior rep competitions. So that's what's going to be happening in the Harold Matthews Cup. For the Illawarra Steelers, uh, they're in action against the Central Coast Roosters down there at the Collegian Sporting Complex uh, down at the Gong. Uh, so 2.30 kickoff there if you want to get down uh, there. As Johnny's mentioned, uh, James Walsh probably a real standout in that centre three-quarter position. But also keep, a, keep an eye out for Cade Reid, talented and creative little halfback as well. The Steelers will be looking to, to get into the, the winner's circle, uh, I guess, at any competition uh, in any sport. You don't want to be starting the season 0-2, so they'll be chomping at the bit to try and uh, right the wrongs and uh, get going in uh, in round two of the competition. For the SG Ball, uh, the Illawarra Steelers up against the Victorian Thunderbolts, and yeah, a bit of a danger game, I guess, for the Steelers in this one, because the Thunderbolts, one of the weaker sides in the junior rep competition, they were beaten 46-0 by the Penrith Panthers last week, so uh, a collegiate sporting complex get down there uh, for the Steelers against 
the Thunderbolts. Uh, pretty similar side to, to last week that we saw line up for, for, for Illawarra. Uh, Ryan Hodgson, Trey Barlow uh, in, in the halves. Uh, Dream Lion Arima has been moved back to the prop position, but I wonder whether he'll shift into the back row like he did last week. And then you've got the back row of Lykeville, Egan and Barrett Hancock and Mahe, uh, the Couchman brothers or Couchman twins and Hamish Stewart on the bench. So no changes for that Steelers SG ball side lining up one through 17 for that clash against the Victorian Thunderbolts. While for the St. George Dragons, they get their first taste of SG, uh, SG ball football. There's been a lot of fanfare, a lot of excitement about this St. George side, both the SG ball side and the Harold Matthews Cup. Of course, uh, you, you may have seen on social media and certainly on Instagram, there's been uh, a lot of former players coming back. Uh, Frank Pritchard, the former uh, Kennery Bankstown prop forward, JC Nightingale, Jamie Soward involved down there. Uh, Chase and Kyle Stanley have been involved with the, the football operations of St. George and they do have big raps on some of these kids in this SG ball side. So it's going to be a big test for them. Canberra are always one of the, the more stronger clubs up there with Penrith and Parramatta in this uh, SG ball competition and it'll be exciting to see uh, what they can do. Uh, they've actually named their halfback, Nicholas Quinn, as the captain uh, for, for the St. George Dragons. So congratulations to, to Nicholas and I know he'll lead the club um, and uh, do a really good job uh, for that uh, in that competition and for that great proud uh, club and, and hopefully we're talking about plenty of St. George and Illawarra wins uh, over the weekend. Johnny, if you, you can get down to the games, we would certainly encourage uh, fans to, to do that because these are the these are the superstars of tomorrow, aren't they? Yeah, they sure are. It's what we'll, we'll be seeing some of these players on the big screen in the next few years. And look, it's good for some of these junior reps. Um, I know on the weekend there at Shark Park, it was absolutely packed there. It was a huge crowd. And mm. I think everyone was just keen to see a bit of rugby league. And everyone's, you know, been in lockdown and isolation and things like that. And we're coming into a, a season that could potentially be normal, but it's good to get out and, and see a bit of footy. So yeah, I think I'll trot my way down to Collegians on the weekend and uh, <laughs> watch the Steelers go around. Yes, and uh, let's not forget about the Tasha Gale Cup. The Steelers in action at Collies, 11.30am against the Sharks. And uh, while the Dragons will be going down to the nation's capital, uh, Belconnen Oval, Canberra against the Canberra Raiders. So uh, uh, I guess true in the word, a triple header uh, down there in Canberra with uh, the Matthews Cup, SG Ball and Tasha Gale Cup, the women's under-19 competition all in action there. We wish, uh, wish all of those sides the best of luck and hopefully talking about plenty of Steelers and Dragons victories for the weekend. Time for us to take one more break here on the Red V Podcast. On the other side of that, I'm going to be chatting with Trey Barlow. Trey is the halfback for the Illawarra Steelers SG ball side. We talk about the uh, the performance on the weekend against Cronulla, what the coaches have been saying about uh, that performance, but also what about some of the goals for the Illawarra Steelers this year, perhaps some of the goals that Trey is looking towards and something that uh, his teammates don't know about Trey Barlow as well. That's coming up next here on the Red V Podcast, episode 108. Welcome back to the Red V Podcast. Jack Clifton here in the chair, talking you through everything in regards to the mighty St. George Illawarra Dragons. Time for us to talk a little bit of junior rep footy now here on the Red V Podcast and pleased to be joined by the halfback of the Illawarra Steelers SG ball side, Trey Barlow. Going to be chatting with Trey a little bit about that win on the weekend against the Cronulla Sharks, but also uh, what the season might be holding for the Steelers and a few goals that Trey has for the team and I guess for himself individually uh, moving forward. Trey, thanks so much for jumping on the Red V podcast here this afternoon, mate. How are you travelling? Uh, yeah, I'm not too good, mate. Just um, making time for this this afternoon. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast and um, thanks, mate. Yeah, well, thanks so much for giving up a bit of time. I know you got your work in a couple of hours and you got some training tonight, so we appreciate you, you uh, fitting us in with your tight <laughs> schedule, Trey. Um, I guess, first off, congrats on the win against Cronulla on the weekend. Um, they're, they're never an easy side. They've uh, been very strong in the SG Ball and Harold Matthews Cup competitions for the last uh, couple of years. How did you and, and your team analyse that performance on the weekend? Yeah, it was a good win. It's actually the third time I've versus Cronulla coming through the junior reps and we've mm. got to win every single time. So pleased to um, knock one off against a couple of mates. But um, yeah, we had a film session yesterday, first session back after um, after the game and it was a pretty pretty deep analyse. Um, we looked into a bit of set construction and like building pressure because I don't know if um, any of the listeners or, or yourself got mm. a hold of, of the game, but there are a couple of kicks. We just didn't end up building pressure. You know, it makes the game a lot easier when, when uh, you can give get more attacking sets instead. Instead of one, you get two, three. Gets mm. the other side fatigued, and um, yeah, we just looked at a bit of that. The coaches were heaps happy with our ball movement. Round one, we completed at around eighty-three percent, which mm. is um, it's it's good in any single round of footy, but 
especially to kick off the season. So looking forward, um, we sort of build on the positives and, and work on the negatives. Um, overall, were the coaches pretty happy with, with how the team performed, I guess, especially in that, that second half tray where you're able to lay on a few tries? Yeah, individually and um, collectively as a team, we we're, were pretty pleased. The coaches gave us a bit of um, wraps in the sheds and, and especially yesterday when we uh, were on a bit of, bit of field work, they, they were pleased with um, more so the second half and the first. The first, we, we came off a bit slow. Second, we sort of opened up the game a bit, scored a couple of uh, good tries, took the pressure off ourselves and um, made it easy. But yeah, they, they were happy. It's been a cooler summer in, in Sydney and I guess down in the South Coast as well um, compared to, to previous years. And I know there was like a little bit of rain and humid conditions and stuff around. And I know it's, it's, it's quite warm today and it's going to be warm over the next few days. Is it difficult playing in these early parts of the season where I guess it's still kind of cricket season and Trey and it, you can, I guess you boys can kind of run into some, some pretty difficult kind of conditions as well as still getting conditioning right and getting used to, I guess, that physical contact of, of 70 minute footy as well. Yeah, well, our, our preseason wasn't too bad weather-wise and, and anything to do with that. The, the hotter days were sort of when we were on our prissy break. Um, I know our trial was pretty hot. Um, we played on that Saturday down here in Shaw Harbour, and, mm. and a couple of the boys did pull up pretty sore, myself included. I, I felt pretty crooked the um, next couple of days, but mm. that could have been more so on my recovery than anything. But the game on the weekend, it wasn't too hot. We're going through a bit of a cold front at the moment if if anything mm. um in summer so it's, it hasn't been too bad but um you know we still got a long season to go it's only round one so um hopefully it, it doesn't get the better of us but you know we are down here on the south coast we've mm. grown up in the heat a lot so a, a few of us boys aren't too fussed about about warm weather but um you know everyone's not the same as um everyone else so who knows on the weekend, personally for you, Trey, you're involved with a couple of couple of tries. Um, how did you, you rate your performance uh, individually in that clash against Cronulla? I've always been fairly hard on myself. I always look at the, the negatives more so than the positives. So I guess I'm not a fair person to, to judge myself. Mm. You know, there's always room to improve, but I was pretty happy with um, a couple of decision-making opportunities. I, I ended up kicking the ball dead, but I also – did the exact same thing earlier in the game. We scored a try off it. So uh, overall, I, I guess I am, I'm pretty sound. I'm lucky it's only around one and the things mm. that I did get wrong, uh, I can fix in the next couple of weeks at training and, and hopefully make myself better for, for the team and um, individually. You're probably seen as one of the more senior members of the the team for the the Illawarra Steelers trade. Does that change anything for you as a squad member during this 2022 season? Uh, we're we're a close bunch out team, so it feels like I'm just another member. Um, that sort of releases all the pressure from me, and it could be the same for the other lads mm. that have been around SG Ball for three years. Um, myself, Jacob Webster, and our captain Trav Barrett. So, uh, if anything, I feel like I'm more comfortable in the rep environment. Um, this being the last year of my junior reps, I, I know this. I know the system, the way our coaches operate. I can get a lot more personal in the way I speak to my teammates and the surrounding people, which is a crucial role, I feel like, for our team success moving forward. I guess every side at the beginning of the season, that, that end goal is to to make the grand final and win the premiership. And you guys came close last year, making the decider against Canberra before going down. I guess outside of obviously wanting to win the, the premiership, what goals does this Illawarra Steelers side have for, for this 2022 SG ball season, Trav? Yeah, the, the cliche answer obviously would be to win it all, but um, that'll come. So for now, we sort of take it week by week, ticking off all all the boxes every new game week, um, whether that be our preparation um, leading into the game or our recovery, and of course our performance on the weekend. So if if we tick every box on the list and make sure our one percent is a perfect, that'll give us a successful run and hopefully even better finals run. I guess flipping that question to you individually, um, Trey, what are, what are some goals that you've thought about for, I guess, for your, your footy, your individual footy moving forward for the rest of the season? Uh, individually, yeah, I'd like to, to crack the origin squad. Um, that's always been a, a pretty important thing, whether that's mm. through CHS footy, through the school system or, or junior reps. Um, but I'd also like to just play some consistent footy and um, work on areas I feel like I need to improve, listen to the coach's feedback and, and take all the help I can get to become a better player. If you know, if you become a better player, mm. it can uh, help the team. And, and at the end of the day, it's, it's about the team. So if I can get all those things right, um, the origin squad will come. But for now, it's just playing consistent footy and, and becoming 
a better player myself. Trey, we'd love to know a, a little bit more, I guess, about your your footballing journey um, that's that's led you through to being in this under-19s SG Ball uh, representative side before um, you were involved in, in rep footy. Can you tell us a bit about, I guess, how your love of footy started and, and where you played some of your junior and local rugby league before you progressed into the, the junior rep system for the Steelers? Yeah, of course. Um, my, my dad played a, a lot of footy, um, and this is just like a majority of other young lads that have, mm. have come through the system. Um, their old man has played a bit of footy and that was no different for me as well. He's also helped me with a lot of skills. Um, teaching me how to pass both ways since I was oh, God, probably eight. And he's also mm. doing that with my brother coming up now. He's taught me line running since I was a young one. So that's helped me um, widen my skills. Um, they, My parents also put me into little athletics, which helped me expand my skill range, whether that's strength, um, just running and, and that obviously goes hand in hand with rugby league. Mm. So that's, that's helped me come through as a player. I played a lot of school footy um, when I was in primary school, just South coast and, and, and things like that under 15 Southern, which is also pretty popular with a lot of boys and how Matt's right now. And then leading into my older later years of footy, the open CHS side, which is just the exact same as the, um, mm. the 15 side and um, obviously junior reps. I've been with the Steelers since bottom age, Harold, Harold Matz, um, then top age, and then my three years of SG ball now. Uh, Trey, now I've had a, bit, a little bit of inside knowledge that you were a famous uh, two-time handball champion at Rilla High. <laughs> Can you give us some insight in, uh, into what, what, uh, what made you so successful as a champ down there, mate? Three times it was. Oh, three times. Okay, I'm sorry. I've, uh, I've misstepped. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that was just a bit of banter throughout the school. Um I still, we still talk about it to this day. I bring a handball to the gym <laughs> sessions and, and we play a bit of handball there, but no, it's good. It's good fun that, um, everyone gets around it on my social media, even, even school. Like I had a couple of <laughs> lads that, um, work day jobs now as tradesmen and they came into the school to watch that. But, um, no, it, it's fun. You know, you versus all your mates. Handball was, um, probably the sport that you yourself could have been mm. playing in school. And, um, you can't fault that game. It's all, it's always fun. You, you verse your mates, you get a bit of um, dribble going on between you. So creates relationships that sport does, um, good or bad. But yeah, a bit of fun that was. Talk, talking about your teammates, uh, if we were to go down to Steelers SG ball training, what do you reckon they'd say about Trey Barlow? Um, this was uh, this is the question. I, I couldn't even write some notes down. It's hard judging yourself uh, without looking at yourself really. So uh, the lads would um, – probably just take me as an easy going guy. Um, you cross that line, obviously it's a, it's a different thing when you're on the field. But apart from that, I, I'm a pretty easy going guy. I just mm. like hanging out with mates. Um, we live in a great spot. So I'm down the beach majority of my time when I'm not working or at training. So sort of just take a step back from, um, from footy and, and sort of flip, flip the lifestyle around where it's so, so hardcore on the pitch or in the gym. And, um, mm if you take a step back from that, I think, I think it makes life on the field just a bit easier when your life away from it's so cruisy and so easy. Mm. So yeah, I'm, I'm fairly easy going, fairly easy going guy. Sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes that's a bad thing, but um, you know, it's my personality. So I'm not going to just change it because mm. some people don't like it. Yeah, I guess finally before we, we finish, Trey, um, outside of, of rugby league, what's what's something that I guess either your teammates or maybe people listening that know a little bit about your, your footballing career, what's something they wouldn't know about, about yourself? Um, yeah, something that many people wouldn't know was uh, I mentioned it before in um, one of the earlier questions. Um, I, I did do heaps of athletics, uh, discus and shot put were my things, mm. even though uh, – I'm a five foot seven half, pretty small <laughs> on the field, but um, I wasn't always this height. And uh, yeah, I um, knocked off national champs for for both of those events, discus and shot put. Um, I still was one of the smaller boys in that one, mm. but that that sport there helps has helped me uh, majorly in in rugby league. It's a fairly strength based sport with a, mm. with obviously the technique, but that there I've been doing that since I was about 10 years old and and the drills that you do there obviously build up your strength build up your your center of gravity and as a half passing the footy requires that bit of strength and and taking shots 
is is the center of gravity. So athletics has helped me majorly with my sport. And um, yeah, if anything was uh, that people that didn't know about me, it'd probably be the athletic side that goes hand in hand with rugby league. Uh, quickly before we let you go, uh, Trey, you got the Victorian Thunderbolts um, down there at uh, a Collie's Sporting Complex on Saturday afternoon. Uh, what are the keys going to be to to getting victory and, uh, and and picking up the two competition points in that clash? Yeah, this one will be a bit more mentally than it will be actually on the pitch because uh, we, we looked at a bit of their game uh, ourselves and they got knocked off by Penrith in, in a pretty big scoreline. I think it was 46-0. So mm. I think that... Um, Leading into this game, also being a home game, we have to prepare mentally. It's, it can't be a, a walk in the park. It never is in this competition. So we, we will do our film session in the next couple of days, um, pick out where we'll be attacking and our game plan for the weekend. And hopefully I've got to put a report quietly for a crusher on the weekend. So hopefully I can get, yeah, fingers get crossed. back out there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hopefully I can get back out there and, and take this game two wins to kick off the season. Um, it's pretty hard to come by. So we'll get our preparation right, go into this game, hopefully get the win. Trey, thanks so much for, for giving up some time this afternoon and speaking so open and, and honestly uh, about your footy career and, and stuff that's happening on and off the field at the Steelers. And we wish you guys the, the best of luck down there on the South Coast on, on Saturday. And, and hopefully by kind of 3.30, 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon, we're talking about another Steelers win for you boys yeah. to be at 2-0. Thanks so much for jumping on the Red V podcast, mate. My pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me. Lots of fun having Trey Barlow on the podcast. Really appreciate uh, that's three of the Illawarra SG ball boys that have uh, been able to, to jump on the podcast and really appreciate them give up a little bit of time. They play football and they love their football, but they've got other aspects of life. They've got uh, jobs or study and different things. So it's a pretty hard act to juggle all of those things. So a big thanks to Trey for uh, jumping on board before he has work this afternoon. And also uh, I think he had, uh, had a training session as well. So uh, fitting things in, really appreciate uh, that and uh, really hope that you enjoyed that chat there with Trey. Great. Time to finish off the podcast by taking a look at your fans' corner questions for this week. And Johnny, there must have been something in the water because we've had a bazillion uh, emails and, and comments and, and text messages and different things for our fans' corner question uh, for, for this week. We've got a couple of audio questions to, uh, to kick off with. Our first is from Steve Merrill. And this is what Steve had to say to us here at the Red V Podcast. G'day, fellas. Steve Merrill. Uh, just want to inquire what your thoughts are on our best one, six, and nine for the upcoming 2022 season for the mighty Red V. Um, I'd probably myself go with Sloan, Junior Ramon, probably start with McCulloch um, with a bit of Buddy Sullivan off the bench. We've also got Mbai there, but yeah, just not sure what way. I suppose two questions. Um, what way would you guys go and what way do you think Hook will go? Round one and round one look a lot different to how it pans out by the time we're towards the end of the year. Thanks, fellas. Let's have a better season in 2022. See ya. So uh, Steve wants to know the 1, 6 and 9 for the Dragons, uh, what we would go for a 1, 6 and 9, but uh, also wanted to ask the question of who will be the 1, 6 and 9, I guess, in Hook's opinion, Johnny. Oh, look, I think in Hook's opinion, Tyrell Sloan's your 1. Um, McCulloch is going to be your 9 and 6 is going to be Junior Ramone. Um, I, that, that'll be the side for round 1. Uh, going in, and I think everyone's got a bit of an opinion of where this nine's going to be situated and how long it's going to be until we see Ben Hunt injected more into number nine to allow Bud Sullivan to play a little bit of seven. But that, that'll, be the, that'll be the starting side and that'll be the first pick side, I, I tend to feel, Jack. Would that be your one, six, and nine if you were coach, Johnny? Yeah, look, yeah, 100%. That's, that, that'll be the start of the season. That'll be my one, six, and nine. And then in a, move it in a couple of weeks by about round six, I'd be... I'd be shifting Ben Hunt to nine and getting a bit of uh, Bud Sullivan exposed at seven and McCulloch onto the bench. We've got our second audio question from Tim Boucher. And Tim, I think, was in snowy and icy Buffalo when he sent this through to us. And this is what he had to say to us here at the Red V Podcast. Hey, Jack and Johnny. Calling in today from uh, lovely Buffalo, New York, where it's currently minus nine degrees. I hope you guys are having a great day today. Uh, my question is, on the Dragons roster, who is the player you would least like to be tackled by and the player you'd least like to tackle? Thanks very much, guys. Have a good one. 
So something a little bit different there, Johnny. Tim asking who in that Dragons roster would be the person would least like to tackle and the person that would least like to be tackled by. I'm, I'm going to throw this one to, to, over to you, mate. I, I, don't know, I don't know if I'd be volunteering to be tackling or tackled by any of those Dragons players, to be honest. Now, look, they, they all hit pretty hard, but I'll tell you who does hit with a lot of venom. It is Jack Bird. I know he's not one of the biggest, but you watch him put a shot on and he really hits him in the right spot and he makes some real good contact. But also, I'm thinking this year Georgie Burgess is going to be our enforcer. I can really see him just absolutely lining up, coming out of the defensive line and putting a couple of big shots on. And look, if he's fit and he's got a full head of steam, he's going to cut that ball up pretty pretty heavy and um, I think he's going to knock over a few people. Yeah, I don't think I'd like to be uh, like to be tackled or like to tackle Michaeli Ravalawa or like to be tackled by Jack DeBellin because he chops people down like that. He's uh, got such a great technique tackling-wise and uh, I think my I think my knees would be folded under me, Johnny. I don't I don't know if my sporting days would be uh, would be continuing if that was the case, but a huge thanks to uh, to Tim for that question. Just something a little bit different here uh, on uh, the Red V Podcast Fans Corner uh, section. Uh, let's continue. Uh, Greg Chapman has, has written in, Johnny and said, hi, Jack and Johnny. Like to see you talk about Anthony Griffin. This year will be his last year of his contract. Just asking if we should re-sign him beyond this year or go and try and get a new coach. Yeah, look, it is a real tough one because I think now Hook Griffin has got his um, he's got his hands all over this squad and it's a squad that he's he's pretty much selected now and, and where he wants to be at. Uh, look, it's all going to depend on the first probably six to 12 rounds where Hook Griffin lands for the next few seasons. Look, if Hook comes out and we have a really good six to 12 rounds, I think that potentially the Dragons are going to start discussions. But I wouldn't be start starting discussions with Hook until about probably, you know, close to mid-season. We know how good the Dragons are at starting the season and how many times we fall into the trap of re-signing a coach after six rounds because mm. we're leading the comp, uh, Mary McGregor style. But we need to – in saying that, we don't want to leave it for too long and there's a coach available that could potentially go off the market while we're still waiting to see how Hook's going to go. It's a, it, it's, a, it's a real hard one to talk about and a real hard one to judge, and I'm glad it's not me making the, the, making the decision <laughs> on that, Jack. But, look, if Hook, Hook Griffin's got his side now, he's got the squad, we know that he's got his, his fingerprints all over – of the new signings and who he wants in his squad where years gone by, it's been more of the board and the likes of Millwood has really been mm. telling of who's going to, who's coming to the club, who's staying. And, and with selections, I think that hooks finally got what he wants. Um, and look, that could be a good thing or a bad thing because if it all goes to shit, Hook's the only one to blame. Mm. Historically, it's all come out now that there's a lot of other people to blame about a lot of selections over the years. But I, I think potentially Hook's going to have a good start to this season. And look, I've made the call, and I think a few people have that. We, you know, we're going to be in that top eight. You know, I think we're a five to eight sort of side. And if you're a five to eight sort of side with the first year of of a squad that you really want, I think there's a potential for a one or two year extension for Hook Griffin. Uh, Bailey Ash has asked probably a question that a lot of Dragons have been asking people in recent weeks. The bookies have Dragons as favourites alongside the Tigers to get the wooden spoon. Why would that be? I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, look, I'm I'm 100% in agreement with that. And when I seen that the bookies opened us up as, um, you know, even favourites to get the spoon, I, you know, I, I I didn't believe it. I had to have a couple of looks and check a couple across a couple of bookmakers because they've all got the same opinion that the dragons are going to run last. And I, I honestly can't see it. I mean, there's a lot of people that are coming out saying that yeah, they will. You know, it's a they've got a young side, but. Look, I, I, I could potentially – and Amy, uh, Andy Raymond talked about it when you had him on the other week, Jack, about being around that five to eight sort of mark. Mm. So I, I, I really think that's where we're going to be. And I, I, it, it's got me baffled why that we are that price in, in the betting markets to get the wooden spoon. Marky on Twitter has asked, hey, guys, what's your prediction with the top eight? I'm confident we could have snuck in last year, but for injury suspensions and the barbecue debacle, we have added to our pack and depth overall. Young guys ready to rip in and pressure from below for spots. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I, I really think we are around that, you know, that, that, that bottom half of the top eight. I think we can just scrape in. Uh, I think it's going to be clubs like us and the Sharks are going to be battling out for those sort of seven and eight sort of spots. A really good question from Dragon on Twitter who said, hey guys, what are your honest thoughts on where the club is now compared to two years ago when Young and McGregor were head coach, e.g. pathways, overall running of the club and team balance? I think the club's in a good position. I think that uh, there's a lot of positive talk in the media at the moment um, 
in regards to the club, I think it's headed in the right direction. I think that uh, the, the players that are doing the interviews, the, the players that they're getting to promote the Dragons at the moment, they're doing it all um, so well. I mean, we haven't got, at the moment, we haven't got a, a JDB case hanging over our heads for another off-season. Uh, the barbecue's behind us. Paul Vaughan's moved on. Uh, there's a lot of positive energy with the young players and with the likes of George Burgess hitting the media recently and talking about this, you know, the revelation he's had with this um, once-in-a-lifetime surgery with this new hip, um, I think it's all positive stuff. And when you've got positive um, information coming out of the media, it really does turn the club in, in a, into good stead because memberships are up, uh, sales are up on merchandise and what we're doing off the field at the moment can transform onto the field. I think we're in for a, a, a pretty good season as a whole of the St. George Lawara Dragons Club. Yeah, let's hope you're right, uh, Johnny. That uh, does complete our Fans Corner questions for this week. Hope uh, that you had uh, enjoyed the enjoyed the podcast and hopefully it's been informative for you. But if you do want to get your Fans Corner questions in for us, you can uh, email them to us, redvpodcast at gmail.com or you can uh, pop them into our Facebook, Instagram or Twitter post. Each Tuesday morning, we put up a graphic where you can uh, put your questions questions in, or you can even send your audio questions in as well. We love to hear your voices and make you a little bit famous here on the Red V podcast. But that uh, brings us to the end of the Fans Corner question, but also brings us to the end of the Red V podcast, episode 108, all done and dusted. Plenty to get through tonight, and it's going to pretty much stay like that over the next uh, probably four or six weeks as we get closer to the season, and certainly some good signs uh, for what is hopefully a big, big year for the Dragons. And don't forget that the NRLW season just around the corner as well. Uh, Johnny, as always, always a pleasure to be chatting footy with you mate and thanks so much for for your help on the podcast yet again oh good mate we'll do uh we'll do again next week looking forward to it until then until next tuesday where episode 109 of the red v podcast will be jumping onto your airwaves this is jack clifton and johnny pett bidding you farewell let's go those mighty dragons Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.